0: Hello and welcome to Better Words. I'm Michelle and I blog at the Unfinished Bookshelf.
1: And I'm Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe.
0: (laughs) You are a babe. Thanks
1: babe. (laughs) We're all babes. Maybe we can call, you know, lots of podcasts have like funny names that they can call like the listeners, like Like, lady gangers or murderinos, murderinos. Yeah. Or like chatters, chatters, babysitters club, call them like baby nation (laughs) Maybe it can be uh, our babes. Or like
0: Pozzaloo <laughs> Crew for Jules and Sarah. Yeah. What? It seems random. Oh, it's their favourite type of cheese. Oh, so okay. So then they were like, we're going to call you our Pozzaloo Crew and it's just taken off on Twitter.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I know, it's kind of cute. Okay, well, maybe babes isn't that inventive. Maybe we should try and think of something. Mm. We Although should. if we try and actually think of something that's oh, no, not organic, it? it's probably not
0: really going to. Can everyone think of something for us? Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> that's your homework this week. Thank you. Yes, and tell us by leaving us a review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the plug-in early. Yay. <laughs> what have you been up to? Okay, well, I've actually been doing this for a couple of weeks, but I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet because I've been talking about other things. But I, because I'm so cool, I want to like, tell you all what I'm up to. Um, I have been doing aerial classes. Um, So for those of you who are not familiar with the lingo, I'm (laughs) sounding so condescending. Um, Aerial classes um, is like the circus tissue material, silks, whatever you want to call it, and the hoop, lyra, you know, not trapeze. I don't do trapeze. Trapeze anyway um yeah so I actually did aerial classes a couple of years ago um and kind of got out of the habit of going in my third year of uni because it was pretty crazy and busy for a lot of reasons um so yeah this year after not doing it for two years really if I stopped going about halfway through third year and then didn't go at all last year first year out of uni now I'm back how are you finding like you would have been pretty sore the first time you did it again hey? oh yes yeah because I'm bad at exercise so um, I'm getting <laughs> to <Onto> be <you> all <laughs> yes so pretty sore I'm sitting here right now and I feel like I need to like stretch you my getting
0: back really sore or are you kind of getting you I'm are getting you getting better. to the point where you're like oh I'm I'm getting historic. I can feel
1: myself getting stronger every yeah. single week um I have hurt my hands though I've been showing Michelle I've yeah, got like, and, like the blisters on my palms like on my what are these bits called on, like, the inside of your? Oh, I don't know. You know the bit that like fleshy, the, bit, the, the fleshy the bit. bit before your fingers. <laughs> I hope you are all looking at your hands. The right fleshy now. bit above, like, your palm line. Yeah, before your like, fingers. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I want to call it like knuckles. It's on, like, the inside of your knuckles.
0: Although I'm pretty sure everyone knows where you get blisters on your hands. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, Anyway, um, I've been getting them from the hoop because I
0: think you that's like... so. That is so cool. I'm. I mean, like. I do tap and tap starts next week, which oh, is exciting. exciting. I'm excited to see all the ladies and catch up because there are some who didn't do our competition last year and it's nice to catch up with everyone. But, um, I think if I, if I didn't already have a lot on my plate, I'd probably be like, I'd really love to try that sometime. I don't know whether I'd have the strength, but again, that, that's the point, isn't it? Like you build up to, yeah, it.
1: you build up so much strength. Like, oh, oh easy. okay. I
0: really want to, I, I should try a class.
1: Yeah, I'm going to maybe next time you can come to a trial yeah, class. Yeah, that would
0: be really cool. Okay, yeah. remind me about that. I'll do that. Yeah. Also, I'm going to make Jack come to one of our dance fit classes one day. Oh yes. Yeah, he's a promise just to do it just for once. And <gasps> like, I'll pay. I don't care. I want to try awesome. and do it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, uh, yes. So yes, I only do exercise if it involves like dancing or being in the circus. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um. What else was I going to mention? Oh, I watched Burlesque on Netflix last night. Which goes quite nicely with the aerial, I think, in like the whole circus dance. Yeah, there's a lot of circus stuff in that movie. I actually forgot because it's called Burlesque, so you think it's all like dancing, sexy on a chair like Burlesque, (laughs) but there was actually a lot of like circusy contortion things. They don't focus on it as much because the main characters are the Burlesque dancers, Mm. but it was so good and I totally forgot that Kristen Bell was in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I you think watch you can tell now. by
0: that I've not seen it.
1: Yeah. It's, I should watch it. I Yeah, really and Julianne Hough and Cher and – Christina Aguilera. And Christina Aguilera, obviously, yes. Yeah. Um, and, oh, the guy in it, like the main guy in it, is that guy from EZA who gets chlamydia. Oh. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was really good. I haven't seen that movie since I was about 15 when it nice. first came out. So, yeah it's fun i love a good dance movie
0: yeah you know the other movie i love what a good greek movie and i just watched <laughs> this morning i watched and it was a bad segue i just watched my big fat greek wedding too which oh, is so finally bad. on netflix because i missed it at the cinema oh hilarious um oh my god i loved it so much it's so funny <laughs> you know the best thing about it I though think i watched it on a plane anyway did you watch maybe we watched it when you were going to cuba maybe it might have been just after it came out yeah yeah um the best thing about it by far is that it's the original cast that's old and it's older. It's yeah. not new people trying to play older versions of the cast. It's like yeah. you can tell they've aged and I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I love that her parents – like, okay – For some reason I thought like I was surprised her parents were in it even though then I started watching I'm like when they got to the bit about the marriage certificate I was like oh of course now I remember seeing the ad they're not married um but for some reason I was just like surprised because her dad's so old and stuff you thought that would be dead yeah I don't know (laughs) well I thought her grandmother would definitely be dead but she was like the star of the show I loved her so much I love when she comes
1: in and like her hair's all done and everyone's like oh Amazing. I was like, yes. I loved um how her daughter, like the whole movie, is like, oh my god, I'm never dating a Greek boy. And the only boy that she likes in her grade, she like finds out is Greek. At, I like, love the, the way dance. she does that where she's like, Are you Greek? And, and he's, he's like, Yeah,
0: and she just like turns around and she's like,
1: ah I know, but the funniest thing I remember watching that the first time and being like, duh honey, I could have told you. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: I mean everyone could see that coming, surely. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it was still a really good movie. Really like, still had all the humor of the first one, and I think it's because isn't it written by the lady who plays Tula
1: yes yeah she wrote both mm. yeah which I think is again great like yeah great just like to like the same family
0: and, and yeah, yeah the same people
1: and, oh, and what's
0: his name John Corbett I love
1: him <sighs> so much <laughs>
0: yeah no everything about that movie was really good except um Jack hadn't seen it and he started trying to watch it with me and I was like oh this is so clever like they're mirroring the start of the first one and and he's like why is he saying that to her why is he doing this? Why do they all live next to each other? What's with the Windex? And I was like, oh, you're just going to have to watch it exactly. and find out
1: <laughs> because is- it's
0: it's too hard to explain. But, yeah, it was it was brilliant. And then, like, when she pulls her glasses out of the drawer and stuff, she's like, oh, did she used to wear them? I'm like, yeah, let's just watch the first movie, okay? <laughs> Gosh, it's too hard to explain. Um, also, I finished watching Trust Me as well, which I mentioned. A couple of weeks oh, ago. Yeah, because yeah. um, it's only, like, a four-part miniseries. I loved it right up until, like, the last – like 20 minutes and then I was just like mm, this is really unrealistic and no
1: oh that's a shame I mean it
0: was it was it ended okay but like it just it felt like it was too convenient and then I was just like I don't oh. believe this anymore um so that was a bit of a shame because filming wise acting wise everything loved it um really really good drama and um yeah
1: Mm, that's a shame
0: i know that is a bit of shame are you reading anything at the moment no
1: <laughs> i mentioned on last week's episodes that i read three books over the long weekend and we recorded that like on the tuesday before the episode yes. was released it is currently saturday night i have not started reading yeah, anything we've had else a pretty busy week though mm, yeah. yeah i might start reading oh. something else tomorrow but i haven't decided but do you so. want to tell everyone why i've had a busy week why you've had a busy week no why we've had a busy week Oh, I just—I remember. <laughs> I was like, "What are you trying to get me to say?" <laughs> yes, we celebrated Harry Potter Book
0: Night, which was a really good idea of Caitlin's because I would—I usually see those things and I'm like, "Oh, oh, it was last week. Damn."
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I happened really to good. catch on just in time. And um, if you follow us on Instagram at Better Words Pod, you will have seen, or will go look now, that we made some Harry Potter-related food. To watch the movie with, um, which was really fun because the theme was Fantastic Beasts, but we'll get to some more of that later. Um, yeah, so I made sorting cupcakes. So I made um, chocolate cupcakes with buttercream icing and I like cut them open like on Pinterest and put, I sorted mini MMs. <laughs> With a t- with a teaspoon, like into colours, <laughs> and, and then, then she couldn't get a Hufflepuff one. When oh, she <laughs> I've had one. <laughs> like, each time she opened yeah, it, and she's like, "Damn it!" I opened Slytherin. I opened like four and made the rest of them. <laughs> and I, I ate a Gryffindor one and a Slytherin one. I think. Did you but, end up um, finding any Hufflepuff? Yes, I had oh, one the next day. Okay, yeah, at, at home. But um, <laughs> it was just really funny. So yeah, I had like mini M Ms in the cupcakes that so when you cut them open and bite them open get sorted. Um, and our friend Indy from Taps Life and Books, um, made us butter beer, which was That was delicious. amazing. It was so good. It was so so good. Oh my god. It was amazing. We should um I know
0: like she I think she got her recipes from Pinterest as well. So we should find them and like, yeah, and l- we'll link, like everything. link them.
1: Yeah. And it I- was so good. And um we also had like killer pythons, classic Aussie lollies for um, <laughs> substitute bustlers.
0: Ridiculously small. Because I know. You Alan's when, are ripping us off.
1: Remember when killer pythons used to be like actual killer pythons? Now they're just like longer snakes. And does any other Aussie have
0: this memory? We all have this memory, but we used to get them like after swimming in like yeah. a little paper bag at the local pool. So good, so cute. Yeah. So we had. Or like red frogs.
1: Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, what else did we eat? Oh. Michelle made Hagrid's rock cake
0: (laughs) okay like full disclosure I literally was like looking at the recipes I could make that were Harry Potter related and was like what can I make in like the hour before I go to work in the morning and these like rock cake biscuits were the only things um it was was so weird because it
1: was like a cake mixed with a a biscuit so it was was like really it was like a biscuit it was like a biscuit but you bit into it and it was like Almost like a hard cake. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why they're rock cakes. I don't know.
0: Also, I want to try it with plain flour because I made it with gluten-free flour and I was like, is this, like, making any it difference might have made to the a difference. consistency?
1: It might. Maybe you should try and make it's them like, again. But
0: it's full, like, three cups of flour. But I am mm. going to make them again, but I'm going to do them with, like, chop tips and make them smaller because also we didn't have any baking dishes, so I was just trying to improvise with what we had, and I was running out <laughs> of time. And I'm like, if I just put more mixture in, it's going to be fine. So they were huge. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try making smaller but ones.
1: But I liked the fact that they were huge because Hagrid would make them. Bigger. Yes, because
0: Hagrid's so big. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that, that's what I planned all along. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um yeah, so it was really fun. Yeah, that
0: was good and we watched Fantastic Beasts. Um and oh, the one thing I really would oh. love to link to, um Sarah Taviani from <gasps> she commas made, and Ampersands she made, made apple the apple strudel, strudel from um from that
1: beautiful sequence. Yes. Yeah, that
0: where Queenie makes the apple strudel and we should find the picture because it is It, it looks amazing. So
1: yeah. And um we all decided to wear like Harry Potter t-shirts and stuff. So Michelle is a Ravenclaw and I'm a Hufflepuff. I wore a Fantastic Beast t shirt. Michelle wore a Ravenclaw t shirt. Indy is also a Ravenclaw, so she was wearing a Ravenclaw t shirt. And Jack's only Harry Potter shirt was like in the wash or something. So he wore one of Michelle's. And it was, <laughs> so they were all wearing Ravenclaw shirts. And I don't even have a Hufflepuff shirt, but I was wearing a Fantastic Beast shirt. No.
0: That's weird because you have
1: like 20. 20- i have a lot t-shirts. of harry potter t-shirts i have gryffindor ones and slytherin ones because they're the easy ones to get but yeah. i don't actually have a hufflepuff one Aww. I'm keep oh that, yeah. i'm gonna keep that in mind yep now you know i don't have one um
0: also i bought you an indie something as a really late birthday present and it's christmas. harry potter related christmas we just had christmas that's right
1: it's thank you f- it's february but you know
0: christmas yeah, thank yeah. you um Well, to be fair, this didn't come out until December and I didn't know about it until January. So um, it's a Harry Potter-related item and it's quite exciting and I'm not going to share it until we have pictures to show. But, like, I want to see if anyone can guess what it is. So tweet tweet us. us. (laughs) Tweet us drinks. Okay. Excellent. Um, Oh, one last thing is I'm reading this really good book at the moment called Little Deaths by Emma Flint, which is, like, set in 60s New York – two children go missing and it's like a murder mystery but it's very literary so there's but there's a journalist and he's looking into it and did the mother murder her children and yeah so that's what cool. I'm reading at the moment
1: okay so, so- now <laughs> listeners babes baby nation whatever we decide to call you leave us a review and tell us um we're going to do something a bit different that we haven't done before on this podcast um we're so excited slightly inspired by the fact that we had a couple of topics that we wanted to talk about and we were like oh, i don't think this is going to make a whole episode um and also kind of inspired by the lady gang who do their allegedly, allegedly what's happening? happening where they talk about <laughs> just things that are going on in pop culture so we're going to talk about some things that are i guess culture i guess some of them are slightly bookish one just of them kind them's of kinda not bookish but we anyway talk about. um so we're calling this Spilling, <laughs> spilling the, the tea, tea, which is why this episode is called Spilling the Tea. So, yeah, something. We're about to, to the spill variation. the tea. Yeah, we're um, about to spill the damn tea. <laughs> so what are we spilling tea on first, okay, Michelle? So the first thing that I want to talk about is this article that I saw
0: that came out a little while ago in The Guardian UK about um, whether independent bookstores in the UK might form some sort of a union. Um, essentially like the problem in the UK and I think it's more defined perhaps than in Australia is that um, independent retailers and like by gosh there are a lot of them like just walking around the towns there there were so many little bookshops and I wish I could have spent money in every single one the only reason I didn't is because there's a baggage limit, Um, so Mm -hmm. please know if I walked into your store, I wanted to spend all my money. Um, So they want to form some sort of a union or potentially like seeing if they could form some sort of a union to go up against Waterstones and WH Smith, which are the two major chain booksellers there. Um, They also mentioned Foils in there, but I think Foils is a bit different because it's actually still an independent store, but it's a chain but it's still like family owned, I think. So if you're going to buy from a big store in the UK, I think foils is a good one to pick. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. That's just the impression I got from a month there. If you live there, please tell me more. Um, But this was a really cool idea. So what it stems from is, um, and we'll link the articles, is – the Book of Dust, which is Philip Pullman's latest edition, Waterstones got five thousand copies, um, like a special edition one that was signed, and I think it was like a bit of a different cover or something. And the indie bookstores were like, "Well, really, how can we compete with that um, when they're also heavily discounting the non-special edition?" Does that make sense? Yeah. So
1: it's, it's like like the, like the general edition. Yeah,
0: it's like when we go into Big W or Target or Came out, which until like a couple of months ago was the only places we could buy books in Rocky yeah, until without we got shopping a, online. Until we got a QBD. Yeah. Um, and you'd see like the brand new, I'm trying to think of something that's really brand new, John Green, and it's like only $10 when it's usually like 20 or
1: just as an example, yeah. I'm just pulling yeah. figures. Like those intro prices or mm. um, like to- actually, for example, when Harry Potter and the Cursed Child first came out on the day it was released, Big W and Kmart had like a intro price so the retail price and the price after that first day was like 20 something dollars but on that first day you could get it for 15. Wow that's a, and that's a huge difference. But I couldn't even if, it was sold yeah. out I had to go buy it at Target for the full <laughs> price.
0: So. But see that's the thing so retailers here too and I don't know what it's like in America but I imagine it's the same with Barnes and Noble and Whatever other one they have there now that's not borders, um, discounting stuff because they have the volume yeah. mm. to make that up where independent retailers don't. Um, so I just was interested by this idea that this union could potentially get special editions because it's easier for publishers hypothetically to work with one like body rather yeah, than
1: individual five
0: thousand different individual shops. Yeah. Um, and I kind of was like, I think that's, yeah, that's a really cool idea. good idea. Yeah. Um, the only thing then that like I thought of is it still raises the issue of it doesn't help authors make a living out no. of their craft, which is essentially the problem with heavily discounted books. Yes
1: which is something that I have a very serious dilemma with Mm -hmm. because, oh, man, do I love a bargain. Um, You are the queen of shopping. I am so – yeah, I'm really good at (laughs) shopping. I will – I barely ever pay for anything full price, to be honest, Mm. and it's a real shame. Um, The the books in the past couple of years that I've bought, like, full price, and by full price I still mean at Target or whatever because that's all we have here – Ah, uh, yeah, like mostly Aussie authors um, and new releases, and it's because I already know I like the author and already know that I like the book. Um, yeah, you don't necessarily want to take a risk on a book when you're paying.
0: Like in Australia, you might pay like say between a, an average YA book I reckon would be between fifteen and twenty dollars, and yeah, an average adult, adult like trade paperback, which is how they usually come out, would be thirty dollars. Yeah. Roughly, um, you don't want to take a chance on it unless you know you're going to like it. Yeah, which is a real shame because that doesn't support the authors either. But then offering those um, books at discounted prices to get you to buy it also doesn't. Oh,
1: it's, it's so it's, it's very it's so complicated difficult. because we want to support authors, um, and you know, and have written want to amazing books. Price, they but how can you be get able paid? to earn? It's very interesting, actually, because now that I'm saying this, I realize that I, um, like for a lot of like for a lot of artists that I like, like musicians, I'll buy like the full CD and mm. physical CD. Yeah, I still like the physical CDs, um, because I know that I'll like the whole album. But I'm also a bit weird about my music taste. Like I don't, I barely listen to the radio and don't know like the yeah. new songs. Or I mean, I was like that as like when I was buying all the Beatles albums and
0: stuff, like I wouldn't Oh, I'm still buying new music. Like I mean Oh no, I don't know. I'm I mean, just saying I'm like, just picking the Beatles as an example yeah. of of things, but like I music, but like
1: I like the artists that I like and I don't like I don't have Spotify or anything like that. I listen to the artists that I like. And I still pick up songs here and there that I like. But I don't know, I guess it's the same with books. It's kind of like what I said, like I'll buy the, the next book in the series or the next or the latest release from a certain author mm. because I like their work. But then you might take like you were saying you
0: got um, like Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda from the library, but now you might buy her books in the future because you've read her work. Yeah,
1: well, I do want to buy them both actually because I really – I enjoyed Simon the first time I read it, but like, man, they're really good and <laughs> I would like to own them um, and support Becky Albertalli in that way. But also, I'm never going to be able to buy them here unless I buy them online, probably internationally, because they're a couple of years old and they're American. That's true. Although Dimex probably has them since Dim- it's been... Dimex well, probably Dimex would. Well, would have them. But, see, but also, we don't have a Dimex.
0: No, but if you buy online, but then like you have to factor in shipping costs, which you know, look, okay. Australia sucks.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) But this is
0: the way I look at it too. And I wrote a blog post on this at the start of the year. Like there are times in my life where I haven't been able to afford books. Um, like as an, as a, okay now I've got a full-time As a job a luxury yeah it's it's a luxury that I can indulge in mm-hmm. but before it was really hard so I would go to the library a lot more and I'm guessing there are going to be times in my life like that again but at the moment because I,
1: I also to be honest I also like supporting the library yeah exactly
0: exactly and it's good to request books from the library because they might like then there are books that other people will enjoy that you've introduced them to um so I love the library I really really do but um at the moment I have the disposal income to be able to buy a lot of books i also have the space now in my house to buy a lot of books um and so while i i don't want to go crazy and buy stuff all the time we if we, like when we went to brisbane we bought a lot of books at a lot of little retailers mm-hmm. and i love doing that and when i went overseas yeah, i did so try to fun. buy like okay i did buy a book in waterstones before i realized what an impact they're having! And to be honest, I probably would do it again because I bought a lot of other books as well. And I believe me, my spending helped the UK economy in some small sense. <laughs> um, but I, I just like at this moment in time, I'm happy spending more. I'm happy like setting aside hundred dollars every time I go to Brisbane, knowing I'll probably spend that on books. And yes, that is totally a first world luxury. That I earn mm-hmm. because I work really hard, and at the moment I can afford it, and that's fine. Um, but I will never not stand up for libraries and stuff in the future because they are so important in our in our society. What I think is important though is that we value the books that that do come out, and I mean I, I know <laughs> pre- preaching to the choir here. We all do value our books, but you know where some people justify spending. I know I like I have friends who will spend hundreds of dollars on a handbag and I don't spend anywhere near that much on books um and it all comes down to I guess what we value and what we want to put money into the truth is it's incredibly hard for an author to make a living most of the authors in Australia um like unless you're a big author like Philip Pullman um you can't make a living Like it's, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I have the stats in the blog post I did because I actually researched it, but I think it was like something like $12,000 was the annual income and that's skewed by the people who earn a lot. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I know a lot of the OzYA authors who we interact with on Twitter still have like full-time jobs, whether yeah. whether they're working in publishing or a, or or a, a bookshop or, or a freelancing yeah. or a teaching or whatever. They can't make a living from this craft, and I think that's incredibly sad. Because if you go back like a couple of hundred, to, yeah, yeah, and like you go back a couple of hundred years, and literature was so valued that it was it was so highly valued, yeah. it could be something you could fully pursue.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how we fixed our imbalance. where that it seems. Yeah, I guess of less value, and I mean Amazon people- has a
0: lot to blame as as well, and Amazon is coming in here into Australia and like I'm going to say right now I, I refuse to use it yeah. for books because I mean I don't know what else they sell to be honest but I Everything. absolutely refuse to use it because I know the way that they're undercutting prices and stuff is just so harmful yeah to to Australian bookstores and to Australian authors and yeah yeah it's just such a tough issue though because I love the idea of this union coming together of independent booksellers and, you know, offering things and that's great for their business, but it's still that, it still leaves a gap of like, well, how do authors get paid? Mm. What they, they deserve. And, um, actually Philip Pullman, it's funny because like the article I looked at was talking specifically about special editions of the book of dust, but, um, I'm just going to pull the article up. The other article I found relating to that was that, um, Philip Pullman has also had these skating attacks on the bookstores that do heavily discount things. Um, and he said that, um, so before his book was even published like two months out, they were already saying like half price, they they'd do it for half price if you pre-ordered it and stuff like that. Um, He's the president of the Society of Authors and they um, launched a campaign against these bulk sales and he basically said... Yeah, I'd like to think I'm speaking on all authors who are caught in this trap. It's easy to think that readers gain a great deal by being able to buy books cheaply. But if a price is unrealistically cheap, it can damage the author's reputation or brand, as we say now, and lead to the impression that books are a cheap commodity and reading is an experience that's not worth very much.
1: Definitely. Yeah, but then, like, how do you break the cycle? Because you
0: want to make it accessible to everyone, which I guess is where libraries come in.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, that... You know, books being heavily discounted thing is so true because I guess the way, yeah, reflecting on like the brand, like, okay. <laughs> um, this might be odd, but the first thing that I just thought of was last time I went to Lifeline Book Fair here in Rockhampton, which I think was May last year, um, on the, you know, like um, they have all the tables marked in like genres and stuff like that, on the romance or whatever section. Like so just like a million fifty shades of grey. There was like a third of the table was the Fifty Shades series, and it's like, you know, they may have, they did sell well at one point. The movies probably making more than they deserve, but the thing is, is that those books were cheap to buy, so people mm. were buying them, mm. and I guess that's you know, I I would hate to call out people and be like oh i've seen your books like so discounted like it mustn't be very good or you know whatever because we always find a steal like i've said i love yeah
0: yeah you love and like finding a book discounted is like one book discounted is fine but yeah i totally agree with what he's saying is that the first thing i thought of is i was doing a story today about regional airfares and this is going to sound boring but it was like a inquiry into um, why airfares are so expensive? Because mm. if you've ever tried to fly from somewhere like Rockhampton to Brisbane, it's ridiculous. Um, or you people who live in capital cities, like be thankful for your like ninety dollar fares because mm. it's ridiculous trying to get anywhere. And I, I mean, Brisbane is expensive enough. Try and get anywhere else from Rockhampton, and it's it's yep so silly. Um, but what they were kind of explained is like we have this perception that airfares should be low because of things like low-cost carriers that are based in capital cities that have the volume to support low fares. But if you bring those to somewhere like Rockhampton, it can actually be bad because then other other carriers are like cut out of the market and then those prices go back up again. And it's kind of like that with books. Like you offer these cheaply now, but then later on, it doesn't pay off. Yeah. It's, that was a really bad analogy, I think. No, I know It sounded better in my head. Um, but yeah, he's so right that we diminish the value of literature when we price books cheaply. Yeah. But I don't know how to ultimately fix it other than to say, how do we fix
1: the world? (laughs) I know.
0: Um, let's go live in a utopia. Um, support, your local bookstore if you have one um i mean we're gonna we, we are gonna shop at qbd or like i'm gonna try not to shop at all because i'm trying to save money but um if i do shop i'm gonna try and shop local or i shop at dimmix because i know it's an australian company mm-hmm. um, but if you're in a place that has a local independent bookstore go and support them um, and if you have the ability to do so buy the books of you Know our Aussie authors because yep.
1: that keeps them writing anyway. On to our next topic, yes. Our next topic f- to spill the tea um, is about Instagram, which, which we just we love. love. So it's actually about um, how Instagram and social media is affecting art and like art galleries and um, all these different things. So we have this, yes, article, Instagram is changing the way we experience art. So um, I don't know about any of you guys listening, but I know that Michelle and I have certainly seen a lot of people, you know, particularly the past couple of months, um, that exhibition at the Queensland Gallery of Modern the Art. The sticker one? The sticker yeah. wall, the yeah. rainbow-coloured sticker wall. It's all of it these. It started as
0: a white room
1: and everyone can add stickers wherever yeah. they want and so by the end it's a multi It's like so much colour and mm. there are you know, lots of examples of this. Um, So it says here, yes, Instagram's 800 million users. Um, I actually think it's more than that. It's got, but that's... When was this article published? Um, Oh, Thursday. No, that's probably accurate. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yes, so research is showing that the negative aspects are far outweighed by the positive. So while Instagram might be able to make this you know, art and things seem more accessible or, you know, less special because, like, you know, you don't have to go see it if you can see a photo or mm. things like that. And I know in multiple galleries, I'm sure you probably experienced this as well when you were travelling in galleries and museums, they often make you pay to take your camera in and take photos. Oh, or no, I didn't have that. You didn't have that experience? No. Oh, maybe that was just Mexico. <laughs> um, but, yes, it was like you – I had to pay extra to take your bag in and like take, be able to take photos, or there were signs that say like you know don't take photos. Mm. Um, I mean, there were definitely some places I went to that were like don't take photos. Yeah, and
0: um, in the Beatles houses, we had to put our yeah like, like leave cloak everything room behind. Sort of thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know. Well, I've experienced That's that multiple it was times. Small
0: though as well, but probably to stop people taking photos. Yeah as well
1: yeah i've experienced that multiple times in museums and stuff like that but um i was really surprised in the victoria
0: and albert museum that it was just like open slather for photos and there were lots
1: of people doing doing really odd actually that um, sometimes i was like here in cuba there was one that was like some person's house like a rich person's house and it was like (laughs) really cool but they were like don't take photos Whereas, cool. like, the main big museum of, like, the Revolutionary like War History Museum, whatever it was called, it was like, oh, yeah, take photos, take whatever. Photo, and fine. it's like, oh, my God, there's so much stuff in here about, like, well, yeah, it was yeah. really, wow. it's odd how sometimes, I guess, you know, different galleries and museums and whatever are allowed to have their own rules. So mm. that's fine. But, I am um, yes, especially with modern art, I guess we've sort of seen this happen where you know, these really cool modern art installations or galleries or, like, like exhibitions are more yeah. interactive and they want you to, like, share and things like this. I love that this article actually mentioned the Museum of Ice Cream, oh, which I'm sure yes. we have all seen all over social media because it looks amazing. Um, it's in Miami, I believe. So there's, like, you can play with sprinkles and eat ice cream and this. oh, my God, it's so cool. Um And And see, that probably helps their popularity so much. Well, this is, you know, lots of, everyone does this with social media. They encourage you to like, share, comment, engage, Mm. um, to sort of move things around. And I think
0: rather than, like, I guess what art galleries are afraid of are that by having their work on social media, people won't come. But I think in some ways it can have the opposite effect where you want to go because you saw a photo on Instagram.
1: Exactly. And some of these... Um, more modern, I guess, installations is that is totally true. Mm. Like um, we're going to see Ed Sheeran in March, and I have already checked, and that colorful exhibition is still going to be on. And is I, it? yeah, so oh, we, I want to go wanna because go. I've seen so many of my friends enjoy it on social I don't media. Know if we're going to have time. Well, oh, I'm wait, going. Wednesday morning we can go. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're literally but, um, like Caitlin's coming down for like
0: two days, and yeah. it's very, it's very, very tight trip. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, I mean, that, like, Museum of Ice Cream, like, oh, it's just so cool. And, like, this colourful one, I don't know, like, all these, it's really cool and we all want cool photos for Instagram. Yeah, and I
0: I don't think it damages art galleries. I I think it encourages people and it keeps them up with the times as well. Although there are some dangers and this article has a really funny but not funny video of someone who knocked over, like, thousands of dollars worth of stuff <gasps> does yeah it? it's got this great video and she's trying to take oh my god selfie. i didn't
1: actually watch the video and she kept like reading. knocks it back and i'm just watching the video everybody <gasps>
0: oh my god so obviously okay within well, reason yeah but what do you think though like i guess um the worry is then are we living through our phones are you actually taking in the artwork
1: do yeah. you think
0: i mean there is something to that I think if you're going to look around the exhibition and then find something cool and be like, I'm going to take a cool photo, but you've also had time with your phone in your pocket, looking at the yeah, art, that's fine. perfectly acceptable.
1: I mean, we can if say you're this-
0: literally only going to the art gallery to take a cool photo, unless it's the Museum of Ice Cream, then that's probably devaluing the art that you're seeing. That's probably yeah,
1: my take on it. But at least the gallery still gets your admission fee. Unless it's a free gallery. Okay. Unless it's a free <laughs> gallery. But um, I don't know. I found lots of free okay. galleries. So yeah. I don't know. I guess that's one of those things. I sure hope that this is, you know, expanding. I guess pe- the mm-hmm. amount of people who are going um, to these galleries and museums, but I don't know how we've all been places where it's like I wanted to come here for lunch because I could get a cool Instagram photo. <laughs> like, guilty. yes, we're all Definitely guilty. Guilty. It's yeah. It's 2018. We're all guilty um so should we
0: move on to our next
1: yeah that was topic? a bit that was a fun quick one yeah um so our
0: next topic is not so much like sparked kind of by an article but I also s- listened to um an episode of reading glasses recently which is a, prob- a p- problem a podcast <laughs> I found um about books conveniently um and one of the episodes like I was going through their back episodes and one of them was titled Should We Give a Shit About Book Awards or something along those lines. And then I saw the winner for the Costa Award was announced in Britain and that's kind of based on, they have like five categories, like Best Poetry of the Year, Best Adult, Best Children's or YA, Best Debut and then Best Nonfiction. And then those winners are announced and then all those winners essentially compete against each other to be chosen as the Book of the Year um now the the article that we're going to link isn't so much like it was just the announcement um but it got me thinking what do you think about
1: book awards
0: book awards sorry do you pay any attention to them
1: to be honest no um when you first asked me about this when we were discussing <laughs> what to discuss in this episode um i i guess the first couple of things i thought of was i have noticed i guess you know book lists like you know yeah. like did do to a like 101 books or something yeah. of the year every year and i think the list like the short the long list maybe for this like for 2017's top books was just you can vote on it yeah oh yeah. yeah it's like a you know a popular vote like yeah. by readers and um people on social media um and i think it's i don't know i think i mean i think that list is good 2016's was of light we cannot see and i saw that book everywhere because of this award mm. I mean I I'm halfway through like, it but I've been halfway through it since October 2016 so that's there's okay. that um I always
0: get confused and I'm gonna say it wrong I'm sure but is it like The Narrow Road to the Deep North was like the Man Booker Prize and then I saw it everywhere because it was an Australian who had mm. won the Man Booker Prize which is one of the most um lucrative book prizes but also in in my opinion as someone who doesn't read very highbrow stuff one of the most inaccessible for me like I look at that and think I'm probably not going to enjoy that because it's really like it's proper literature probably not my thing um but I think what's interesting is that um these awards I think can be particularly good for non-readers like we have a really strong idea of what we like to read yeah what what's like what because we follow people on Twitter so x is like y and if we like this author's work we might like that author's work because they're friends on twitter and things yeah, like that or they write or they've been compared in the past or yeah whatever or they've written a book together yeah or, exactly um but i think for non-readers these sorts of book these sorts of things can be really good um yeah because they can least get it, books out there
1: yeah And I think that that is probably a good thing about them and about, you know, various lists and things like that and things like, you know, the Inky Awards. The Inky Awards are
0: great for encouraging teens to read because the books are picked by their peers essentially. and they're
1: probably really useful in like schools and
0: things like that. Yeah, yeah, and that might pick like if you're a young reader who maybe doesn't read that much or isn't sure what to read next and there's a display of the Inky Award winners. yeah that might catch your eye and that's great if that yeah. gets more people reading and
1: it's just like i don't know again to compare this to something else but i mean when you compare um if we pay any attention to book awards versus say movie awards like the academy awards yes. and oscars and that's you know point. things like that because do you Oh, yeah. Will you go with? Let's see, okay. I love the Oscars.
0: This is hard for us in Australia though, because mostly by the time well, it's all American. Well, n- well, no. By the time the movies are showing in our local cinema, they've already been nominated for awards. So I won't pick a movie because it's nominated for award, if that makes sense. Because a lot of the ones that will be Oscar contenders are released. For example, The Post, which yeah. was only just released here, is already being nominated. For an award, and I wanted to see that first. But had it been a week or two difference, it would re- already have been nominated. And I—does yeah. that make sense? like I don't go I, and kick something because it's an Oscar winner?
1: Yes, I mean I agree with you. I don't generally—I I certainly pay attention, and I like. To oh see yeah, I love celebrating. Like, that God, I like. when Spotlight won Oscar, I was just like,
0: oh my gosh, oh, I'm so yeah. happy, and yes. I'm so happy to see Get Out on this year's list. Oh my Never. gosh, we said we were gonna talk about the Oscars and we did it. Oh crap. I didn't think this would happen. We did forget,
1: <laughs> damn it. Sorry, and we were guys. like oh we'll probably forget. I know I so wouldn't forget, but Sorry. Maybe we'll talk about the Oscars when they're actually on. Yeah, maybe but, um, we'll talk about
0: next week. Who knows? Whatever.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say a similar thing. Like, I would wanted to see I, Tonya for, like, weeks and been seeing, like, the trailers and everything like that, and by the time it was released here it was already nominated and Margot Robbie was already nominated, Yeah, which is how we got onto the topic of the Oscars last week. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the way that the world pays attention to, like, just to compare those sort of two things, movie awards versus book awards. Everyone pays. <laughs> everyone pays attention to the Oscars, and people. Lots of people will see a movie because it's been nominated, mm. or because it has won an Oscar. Or I am, like many people, I hope I'm obsessed with like IMDb trivia, and I will always look up you know, who's movies on what. and who's yeah. on what and who, and I always watch the Oscars and like on TV, you know, when they play, when new movies come out or they play movies on TV and they say, oh, with Oscar winner or Oscar nominee. I must admit, it
0: does make me think, oh, like that must be a pretty good movie then. But sometimes it also makes me think the same as the Man Booker Prize where I'm like, is this too intelligent for me? Do I just want something oh, that's candy for my brain? I like, completely
1: agree. I just I want don't, like, I yeah. Can, I don't even know if I've ever seen a movie. I'm always like this. One. I'm like, I don't think I've ever even seen a movie that's one Best Picture, except for like Forrest Gump and Titanic. I don't think I have. Uh, no. I Spotlight is my favourite movie. Okay, I, I love just... it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and
0: holy shit, it deserves to win on so many levels. Um, I think, okay, like props to Costa. So Costa is a coffee chain in the UK, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about until I went over there. Um, and... This is the first year I have ever heard about the Costa Book Awards and it's because I have seen every booktuber, every book blogger from the UK almost, it seems like everyone I follow anyway, must have got sent like the shortlist. And they've been talking about it. They've been tweeting about it. Jean from Jean's Bookish Thoughts did a really interesting video on her take on each of the books and which she thinks would win, which we'll link. Um, so props to them for their, like their marketing. They've clearly yeah, infiltrated. Sounds like they've done a really good I know, because suddenly not, I saw it everywhere.
1: I'm not as involved with say the British booking community as you are but um I think it's just that
0: the like the few that I've seen are also all friends with each other so it just seems to be everywhere and like everyone's talking Mm. about this and then Grace Latter as well was like going to the awards and I was like everyone knows about this Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was really interesting and I think in terms of the winner. So the winner is a poetry collection. It's actually posthumously awarded because the writer who was Helen Dunmore um, wrote this poetry collection about her cancer diagnosis and it was updated with the poem that she wrote 10 days before her death. So it's a really intense read by the Mm. sounds of it, a really intense poetry collection. Now, I own a couple of poetry collections, have not yet read them. But reading this, I was like, oh, like maybe this could be a way in for me and other people who aren't familiar with poetry collections but it's won this book of the year so it must be pretty good and it's doing its job. See, by doing
1: that i had the opposite reaction when you sent me that article and i read it and i was like i mean this sounds interesting and i was like oh this poor woman like she's won the award but she's dead and like well, whatever <laughs> which, <laughs> sounds, know. which sounds like a horrible thing to say but i also in regards to the actual book
0: you was don't like, read it
1: i don't i don't have but any we interest do in have reading some it
0: different tastes i
1: know that but
0: but but like yeah in terms of that for me i was like oh that's doing its job then isn't it because I'm suddenly interested in it because it's one and I never would have heard about it if it hadn't been for the awards so I guess in conclusion I think we should give a shit about book awards but they're probably much less important for people like us who are fully immersed in reading and
1: maybe book awards could work I mean maybe I think they
0: definitely help get really great books to a wider audience and then the flow on is that they may discover more works by the same person and then Similar authors and yeah. it builds readers. I mean, and that's that's a good thing. Maybe I should just yeah. paying more attention. <laughs> oh well, see, I see. I don't think we need to because we already have. I already such know a what wide, I like to read. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it can be a way to expand. Expand new, yeah. If you're like, oh, I want to imagine if the Costa Book of the Year had been like a nonfiction, you're like, oh, I've been wanting to read more nonfiction. Maybe I'll look at this book because yeah. it's won this book award. Same with me in poetry, just because poetry has been
1: something I want to get yeah. into.
0: So I'm like, maybe this. This sounds accessible, and people say it's accessible, and it's won this book of the year, so it, it might be something that I can read, and I guess that's doing its job.
1: Okay, so we're okay. now on to the last topic of this discussion, and it is fantastic beasts and where to find them, specifically the crimes of Grindelwald. And so, I guess, in this sense, the, okay.
0: um, the problems. Yes.
1: It. Yes. So I'm sure many of you are aware. We just couldn't resist ranting about it a little bit more. Disclosure.
0: You already know we don't like Johnny Depp. So yeah. I guess
1: you can guess where this is going. Yeah. But we've got. But some no, other we've got something to else to
0: complain about now. We've got
1: something else, some other things to discuss, and some other things to you know back us up. So the first thing, let's just cover Johnny Depp again quickly. <laughs> so we don't like him. I was sort of disappointed because it's not really what I imagined for Grindelwald in the first place. Um, he should just turn back into Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know how that happened actually. we said I said this when we were watching the movie the other night because it only just occurred to me, but um, Grindelwald and Newt Scamander yeah. are the only characters in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them that are... European or British, Newt is British. Um, I don't remember what Grindelwald is supposed to be, but it ain't American. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not British. He's, he's something else slightly further, but it's not. He's it's something else. He's well, some other European. I forget where he's no, supposed to be again. from because he's supposed to have gone to Durmstrang. Um, but he certainly isn't supposed to be American, and Tony Depp did not even try to put on enough. To, like, any kind of... Anyway. I guess he didn't have that many lines, to be fair. No, he had, like, two, but... (laughs) Ugh. Anyway, so then something else to consider, I um, I have just seen things about this recently on social media, and that is um, that Daniel Radcliffe has previously been asked about his opinion on Johnny Depp in the Fantastic Beasts movies. And thank goodness we can still like Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, thank God. Um, So what he said um, in... A couple of words in this article basically the gist is that um to draw the comparison to johnny depp who has been actually i think amber heard like uh, um didn't end up charging him but he no
0: it was to do with their divorce settlement though yeah. so she didn't take her allegations away she just didn't pursue charges well, that's yeah. my understanding yes
1: um so but he has been i guess allegedly um you know, um, abused his wife. So um, just not very, not very nice. And um, previously, I should find other links to articles for this, but previously, you know, David Yates and J.K. Rowling have made statements about, you know, oh, Johnny was always nice to me. Um, but, just, yes, so Daniel yeah, Radcliffe yes. commented um, drawing the comparison between Johnny Depp, who has been, you know, a accused like allegedly accused mm. of these um crimes. Um and to the comparison of the actor who played Crab, um, in the original seven Harry Potter movies, except not all seven, because he was fired for growing weed in his mum's backyard. He did actually get convicted though, like he was charged and jailed, I believe, for possession and whatever. But, but I think growing marijuana for your own personal use. Yeah. Less, I don't know. Not they same are they're very different crimes. Allegedly, but I think beating up your wife. I think if we're comparing drug growth and possession like to abuse, his I think job. It's very different. He, his
0: job was cut straight away, whereas yes,
1: and his character was not necessarily replaced, but some of his actions were given to the other Slytherin character who is in the sixth, and seventh, and eighth. Movies, um, which is blaze Zabini, um who was always in the books just much of a less character in the movies um so yes crab was just cut and johnny depp's role is you know now the title role and much extended and the whole franchise is basically about his crimes but Funnily on top enough, of
0: that um some new stuff came out as well this week i mean i guess we all know that dumbledore is gay mm-hmm. and there is I don't know whether it's just a fan theory or if it's ever confirmed, but basically the theory is that he and Grindelwald may have at one point been, been in a lovers, relationship, yes, or and been in a relationship, at least been close to,
1: yeah, yeah, been close to each other, um, yeah, at least close to that, um, and that the you know that Dumbledore was in love with him at one point, um, but apparently.
0: Well, um, hang, before, oh, sorry. before, no, just okay.
1: before anything to do with that, J.K. Rowling has confirmed that the character of Dumbledore is is gay. Homosexual. Yeah. yes, yeah. Um, so, but he won't be explicitly so. Yes, so in
0: Fantastic Beast two, it won't actually be on screen. It's like I'm not suggesting that it needs to be on screen every second of the day, but yeah. it should be on screen, especially. If he's going to fight someone, he's meant to have, or maybe yes, Dumbledore had a and Grindelwald are
1: supposed to have had a very, very complicated history, um, which then led to Surely their, their infatuity. Is part of that, yes, which then led to the famous duel um, where you know Dumbledore beat him, um, and that's how he got the Elder Wand, which is a sort of discussed in the Deathly Hallows. Um, for Dumbledore's character which really this seems like it's kind of important to the story. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important to the story and more than that, like you said the other day, it's 2018. Yeah. It should be part of the story. Exactly. I mean, I for lack of a better way of explaining this, I sort of understand if maybe it wasn't explicitly in the original books, but the original books were told from Harry's point of view. Yeah, so It's something that he
0: might not have necessarily picked up from. It is more about Harry.
1: But even in the movies, there were slight, I I kind of hate to say this, but, like, there were slight, I guess, Dumbledore moments when once fans knew Mm, that, you know, sort of people can, I guess, draw from these moments and be like, oh, you planned it all. You know, it was like, oh, it was there all along or whatever. Kind of like, you know what I thought of this? is um, with Beauty and the Beast, how everyone was like, oh, LeFou will have an exclusively gay moment in a Disney movie. And it's like, <laughs> did you watch the 1991 version? Um, You know, like there was the game, like the moment in the live-action Beauty and the Beast was supposed to be that LeFou dances with a man at the mm. end of the movie. Um, a man but,
0: who has previously enjoyed dressing up as a woman or enjoyed being dressed as yeah, a woman. Yeah, because it was like the
1: wardrobe person but or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's given, it's not... Um, like you know, nothing said. It's, yeah, except for the fact that LaFue sings a whole song about Gaston, and there were many other. No one but a girl. Yeah. yeah, but even um, in that you know there were so many other looks and lines um that Josh Gad did so well with LeFou. But and the, to be criticism... honest, this kind of makes me a little bit disappointed in Jude Law. I know, but <laughs> which is, is not fair. There is but... criticism
0: of um of that moment though in Beauty and the Beast because. Um, it was touted as being like this gay moment yeah. and aren't we so good, but really, and this is a Vanity Fair article that I'm reading from has kind of said that that's really hurt readers who've been, readers, uh, viewers who've then gone to watch the movie. And it's basically like a blink and you'll miss it moment rather than genuine representation yes. of LGBT. Um, characters and what they've said in Vanity Fair is there's something cynical about explicitly telling LGBT fans to look out for LGBT characters, then responding to their attention and ticket purchases with weak feints at inclusion or nothing at all. Um, so,
1: yes So thanks it's... for warning us that there'll be nothing because <laughs> now we won't be disappointed. But what um what they've already right.
0: talked about too is that. Um, that marketing divisions seem to have figured out already that representation often helps a film's bottom line. How long will it take for writers and filmmakers to follow suit? So I guess actually following through on the marketing that they're putting out there. Yeah. Um, And it kind of goes off this interesting um, article, which I found on Slate, which kind of explains the gay subtext in all of Fantastic Beasts anyway, which is to do with the fact that like, an obscurus is an oppressed with it wiz, with it, wizard, or witch, or witch um, who is suppressing their magic. And yeah,
1: yes, um, and, and how, the analogy is clear there. Yes, um, because um, we all know um, J.K. Rowling did this with lots of other things in the original series. Um, the werewolves were, you know, sort of. I guess what's the right word? like, a metaphor, like, you know, it was supposed to, like, represent, like, um, living with, like, AIDS or a disease or, you know, something like that. Um, the Dementors were supposed to represent depression. Mm. Um, you know, there are there are multiple lines of symbolism in those books, um, even just including, like, what even their pets mean, like how J.K. Rowling has said that she killed Hedwig to signify the end of Harry's childhood. Mm. Um you know, there are so many different things like that with these characters and with various teachers and, um, you know, like there are multiple studies that say that reading these series and um, makes you a better person and a more tolerant person because, you know, Harry accepts werewolves and giants and, mm. you know, other creatures.
0: Um, but I just wish
1: it was more It directly shouldn't translate to our in, world. Especially
0: because this is not... These movies are darker. They're not aimed at the young audience no, that exactly. started watching Harry Potter. Harry Potter, the Harry Potter Fantastic- is aimed at, like, middle grade and then you grow up with it. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts, that is a dark
1: movie. Yeah, you, because that's – Because yeah. Fantastic Beasts is – look, we all started watching Harry Potter. When the first Harry Potter movie came out, I was four years old. So – Some of us weren't allowed to watch it till we were 13. I whatever. Think. I was – At strict I, parents. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember when I started watching it, but like but the, basically, you know, the ideal age, when you started it. reading the books or watching the movies, you were about eleven. Mm. That was the last movie came out like five years ago. Those people are now fully grown adults. Yeah. And therefore watching Fantastic Beasts, which is obviously darker, more gothic. We discussed this the other night. Yeah, we, we were, were all
0: watching it and we were like, Wow, you've forgotten how dark it is. Yeah, like the bit where they kill the um editor's son the who's running for senate or running yeah like that is a really dark dark fit. and you wouldn't want anyone I I reckon like really under the age of 15 like it's pretty oh well maybe I'm being maybe I'm being extra sheltered um you know whatever Mm. you do you guys (laughs) your parents you do you I'm not suggesting anyone's doing the wrong thing by letting their kid watch it but it's markedly different yes. to and harry potter and the philosopher's
1: stone yeah to be completely let's fair. go fight a troll in the toilet yeah you know like yeah exactly and fantastic so, beast is not a g-rated movie
0: yeah and and it should i'm not suggesting that oh let's overrun the whole plot line with this you
1: know, you know Dumbledore and D- yeah set scenes exactly or whatever. like i'm
0: not suggesting that at all although you know i'm not gonna say like i wouldn't say no either <laughs> but what i'm and i'm not saying that that's a bad thing but i'm just saying like it should be in there and there it's should be really oh, from what we yeah. already
1: know about these characters it should be part of the story and this is why lots of people are disappointed that it's not part of the story because and, i forget if this was something i don't know where i read this i'm gonna to have to try and check but um i read an article that was like if Dumbledore being gay was slightly more explicit in the books and you know referred to Grindelwald as his ex-boyfriend or whatever it would have meant so much to many people yeah it, exactly up. this representation really helps people because seeing people who are like you is really important yeah which we've talked about
0: oh, oh. we've talked about in a couple of interviews but I don't know whether don't know we're airing them yet. Yet. sorry which is really exciting keep a look out for them they're great interviews but basically Any kind of representation of any kind of minority is really important.
1: I mean, Um, we both love it when we see characters that are like ourselves. Yeah. And we're, like, pretty privileged white women. So,
0: like, I guess for us the thing that we don't see often in books that we get really excited about is people living in small towns. That's an example. But, I mean, that's nowhere near as, like, it's not an issue. Um, Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I guess I guess the thing is that I've lost my train of thought. Um,
1: we want Dumbledore I saying, to be gay. Um, yeah, I want a scene right before the big fight or whatever, or when younger Dumbledore or some who sort is of flashback war, is talking to <sighs> Newt, and Newt's like, oh, "How? What do you mean? How do you know him?" And Dumbledore's like, "Oh, we go way back." Like I just like I just want something you need well like
0: well, more than something
1: what about really. like
0: um with Little Estrange? like you get the idea that there may have been some sort of romantic attachment exactly there. how hard was that but like, it was a picture
1: just at least put that in but for Grindelwald and Dumbledore exactly it was a picture Queenie didn't have to say anything oh Queenie she could mind read oh, oh my god yes yeah you were lovers weren't you Something yeah, like that. Exactly. Oh, be perfect. Just be like, oh, you were really close, weren't you? And Dumbledore <laughs> can be like, you could say that. Because, like, like it's, it's not, still going it, to be
0: shocking in that time for them. Well, and then, So exactly. it's not going to be like, you're lovers, because back then
1: it would have been totally unacceptable, which is wrong. Um, but, see, that's the thing. I hope to con. Like, it would be so, I understand that um, this movie, these movies are set in the late 1920s. Not as acceptable then as everything is now, but it still happened. It still happened. I know, and it's... I mean, maybe this one's like more into the thirties. I don't really know, but I like, think it stops at like forty-five when they have their jewel. Oh, who bloody knows? But it's it has always happened. Um, not including it in this movie because of that is ridiculous because this movie, while being set in a time, is still being made in a very different time. Yes, and a time that should be much more inclusive. And yeah. It's the same reason old <sighs> futuristic movies still had different gender stereotypes, you know? Mm. Like it's it's the same thing. Yeah.
0: And also the point is about this too is that we're both straight so we can't really necessarily talk about what impact this might have on um people who identify as LGBTI um but what we will try and do is find some like links to articles and stuff Mm -hmm. from people who are sharing their own experiences because we're saying this from like an ally perspective and we recognize we can't speak
1: Yes, definitely for people,
0: but we believe we're it should not be speaking like, on on yeah, behalf
1: like, of anyone except for ourselves. But yeah. we're saying even as, as allies, as, we believe it should as be. As who we are, we're still a bit disappointed, and I'm sure there are plenty just, of people who are more like, disappointed as than much we are. as I.
0: It's really hard because I just want J.K. Rowling to stop. Like everyone loves Harry Potter. Stop ruining it by doing these things that just make people so. I
1: know, sad. especially it's, in this day
0: and age. Uh, like and like she's so progressive on everything else. It, it feels so wrong then for her to be basically backing up someone who's an alleged abuser. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. I mean, that's a and purposely issue, not like, including a canon I'm like, homosexual a sexual character. Oh yeah, I know that. Like she doesn't have heaps of control over every element of the film but I mean it's she J. wrote the screenplay. yeah like you can write that she's stuff in.
1: writing the movies it's like yeah like I I refuse to believe she can't do anything about exactly. it exactly I also refuse to believe that Jude Law can't do anything about it so there better be some looks in there Jude I reckon I want some sneaky sly looks
0: please yes yeah Okay. Okay. Well, hi. I think we've spilt enough tea. Definitely. For today. Um, let us know your thoughts on any of the issues covered. We'd really, really like to hear what you have to say. Um, yeah, maybe we'll be, Maybe we'll spill the tea another time. I mean. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. What you should do is let us know if you liked
1: this episode or not. Oh, well, yeah. If you just want us to shut up and talk to other people or more specific topics, just let us know. But if you liked this slight ramble. Yeah. We please- kind of have fun, though,
0: because... This is the sort of stuff we like talking about and it's fun to do it with and an share our thought- Yeah,
1: <laughs> And share our thoughts with the world because why else would we start a podcast? Yeah, I know. We just love our own voices. Not. Yeah. I You don't even listen to it. I hate
0: the sound of my... I do listen to it. <laughs> I do listen to it, but I really dislike the sound of my voice. Yeah, fair enough. So do yeah. I. And I have to edit it, so... Anyways. Yeah, well, like, I've been a journalist for four years now. you think I get used to hearing myself asking questions and I'm still like, ugh. <laughs> what is that? Yuck. Who is that speaking? Um, anyway, Caitlin, it's always better if you do the wrap up because I sh- I'm shit at it. So, yep. where yep. can people find us?
1: You can follow us at Better Words Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please, please, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please also subscribe so that new episodes are just appear on your phone every like single magic. Wednesday, just like magic. Exactly. <laughs> We love you for listening. Bye. Bye.